<laughs> besides being an asshole, what goes into <laughs> maintaining a successful and enjoyable dance company? In your mind, what goes into maintaining a successful and enjoyable dance company? Because you've been involved with so many. <laughs> Besides being an asshole, what goes into <laughs> maintaining a successful and enjoyable dance company? Because I think a lot of people have experienced being with companies and it's been hard, stressful, what would you say creates a successful environment? A successful environment. Not chastising your members. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Max and V-Rock on the chat are saying drugs. <laughs> you know how many times I had to not type that in my questions? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think... Oh man, because I'm trying to avoid, avoid sounding cliche and even sounding more cliche by saying that I don't want to sound cliche. <laughs> uh, I think the, I think the big part is because there's a lot of answers that are coming up for me is the first thing is uh, you got to be able to create memes out of all the members. <laughs> no i think the first thing before you even can start creating culture because i feel like that's the second thing is being clear with what you want to have happen okay because if you're not clear with um the end goal you're just a bunch of it's a, just a friend group yeah you're just yeah. fucking around and whatnot there's no business so to speak uh, getting done or it can it can be fun you know it, anything everyone operates differently but i think it being clear with the bigger picture of what you want to have happen and being not clear but having an idea of how to get there helps i mean which is why like in the first meeting on of temper tantrum on february 25th 2020 like i had an, a one-year plan ex to of what <laughs> how, how i wanted to execute like uh, and obviously covid changed that but people fell in love with the vision people will i think will fall in love with the vision and why you're doing something first because then you know because it, it, if you're i feel like if you're too buddy buddy in the beginning or if you're like if you don't have that respect of like quote-unquote hierarchy and you're mm -hmm. too comfortable on your friends first <laughs> people will take things personally they'll overstep boundaries and this is something that i learned from running family business the first time like we started off with six friends and then uh, by 2005 like i was the only graduate there everyone else was still seniors so by after that i was running family business on my own for for until 2007 wow and then we i had six, i'd grown it to 18 members and people bounce out get people get flaky and then at one point it was even just two members doing it so wow. which is why i was hesitant like of starting temper tantrum because i had a lot of experience of flaky people like oh yeah i'm down that was like fucking years i'm down i'm down come sunday no no one shows up and that's why i was like again hesitant i didn't want it to happen because i didn't want to deal with a repeat of being flaked on from people who don't show up and that's why I, I guess one of the main lessons i learned was like you know people you know watch people's actions over the words even though like 
And that's uh, definitely something younger leaders or aspiring leaders to be mindful of. Because mm-hmm. I definitely had a lot of people say they're a down. Like, and yeah. I was like, and I was like excited. Yeah, 20 people. And then next week or next year, it just changed. And that's because I just wanted to create a group and dance. I think that was like the main thing. I just wanted to create a group. I wanted to create a group. That was my why. Like create a group, like we like I I can do this. Like and the the biggest the thing that kept me going was the 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 a uh, piece of advice that I got that stuck with me was that it, the first three years of any business is the hardest. Mm-hmm. So I was like, it wasn't a business, but I just knew like I had to stick with it because somehow it's gonna fucking work out. I had no idea. I had no because there's a vision in my head in two, from 2004. And this was this happened while I was we were rehearsing at a basement of a church because that's like the biggest space that they had, like that we, I saw us on stage competing against these collegiate teams and we were and we won. That was like a vision that I saw when I was 16. Oh yeah, okay, maybe it was not. I started this my senior year, but yeah, like that's what that's what drove me. Like I want to be like I wanted uh, family business to be like an equal like not just like yeah. an up upcoming team which is what a lot of my experience was like all the way till 2012 like oh they're one of the teams that's the younger teams that's the on the up and up even though we weren't young but we were getting more noticed so mm-hmm. but that vision was like we're going to be there we're going to be get first not first place but maybe place but to be like seen as that and i think it's gone to a point like when i came back it got to a point that people know us but mm-hmm. yeah, that vision is what drove me. And it eventually uh, led me to, again, bring Mark back after he graduated. We partnered, he came back. And I think him and I were a great duo in terms of putting, keeping that, building that team. And then when, oh man, because I remember once we came back, this is to the 2007, we competed at the USA Collegiate Nationals. This was a great fun time. But then this is where we started experiencing like people being too comfortable about in like, and not listening. Like, like when Mark and I were like, like, all right, like you're fucking up, fix this. The people who are so comfortable because they're friends are like, why are you talking to me like this? Mm-hmm. Like, you're my friend. You're like, I think you're a director. So <laughs> that's where it's like that boundary we kept getting yeah. stepped on. So, and then fucking uh, eventually people just started leaving and then Mark left too. I think it was a good three months that it was on hiatus. And I, in my mind, it was, I felt my, I was like kind of heartbroken because I was like, fuck man. Like, I don't think I've ever told this story to anyone, but yeah, it was rough. Cause I was like, I felt like I'd, I, a girl just broke my heart. Because uh. This was my thing. Like, and we find we were getting really a good start better. Like, and all that stuff, but that's our, like our rebirth, so to speak. But then it fell apart for a little bit. And then Mark and I talked again, and then we decided like, if we're going to do these rehearsals and we're going to bring our friends, we got to set the tone. It's like when we're rehearsal, it's going to get shut done. We got to get shit done. Like, like we love you guys for our family. We've got to get business done. So, and, uh, and then, Mark was listening to a Kanye West song called Family Business. We rebranded and showed up at 2009 Maxed Out as Family Business. And then that was our first big dance competition in the community. And then 
And yeah. did that go over well? You guys kind of reintroducing yourself with this. Yeah, it was it reinvigorated us. It showed it showed that it was a really strong positive step in terms of like consistent members. And also at that same year, we officially moved to dance to, we officially found a home studio at JV Dance Center. Before that, we were always practicing at parks, like fucking for years. We know that life. (laughs) And then kids would be annoying us and creeps would be trying to be like, talk to the girls during rehearsal. And yeah, and then, but it was getting that the wins would be like, finding a home studio competing at that consistent members who are and like contractually saying that they're down. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, it, it, it was obviously there was still a lot of learning uh, to happen, but we, we broke through in creating consistency in members. And then we eventually, because before it was all just like invite only this, is how you get into the team. Now mm-hmm. it's like people wanted to audition. And then we were kind of taken aback, like, oh, every, and then we started having auditions every year and it started getting bigger. So. All right. And that, that was a lot. So in hey, order sorry, to uh, compartmentalize <laughs> this, <laughs> so to create a successful company, you know, take oh, yeah, away from all of that. Tangent. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, guess... We got the backstories on it all and we got to hear how, how each one of those standards came about. Yeah, so. like to I guess to create a uh, to cir- circle it back in, yeah, you you have to have a clear vision of what you want, and then I get I to con- I guess to continue building off that is obviously knowing what you want, why you want it, but also being empathetic to your company members. Like mm-hmm. you have to know why they are in it too, because I think the ultimate the the, the people get it twisted when it comes to being a leader, is that they think they're there to serve the the main guy so to yeah. speak or the like but the thing is the, it's especially with the leadership training that i went through is like the leaders are the servants they serve the company or they set the team to win like yeah. it, go, it goes even to like to get biblical here like even jesus like washed the feet of his apostles like yeah. you have to be super humble to uh, I mean, albeit I'm not humble. I fucking talk shit to everyone on the team, <laughs> but but I I know my role in the team and how I can best serve the team to be successful. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's to be like, how do I make sure that I don't know, like how do I make sure that we're positioned to be recognized? How do we make sure that this film is positioned to be at the highest level? How do I make sure that? We don't waste time in rehearsals. How do I make sure that everyone feels comfortable with the choreography and all this stuff? So it's like things I'm taking into consideration so that way the team is set up to win. Yeah. But that, that, that's going into a tangent <laughs> again. But we, we, we feel that. We feel that even though you're an asshole. So we like, feel that. Yeah, so <laughs> empathy, is a, 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 empathy is definitely a, a big thing. Yeah. Like being able to listen, like listening to what, they, what the members want. What do they want and how do you become help them get there. Another one, it would be, I guess, being vulnerable, like being okay that. That's a tough one. So, and that doesn't mean like showing that crying in rehearsals because yeah, I'm fucking crying <laughs> at rehearsals, but it's like, it's like vulnerable in time in terms of like letting go of control sometimes or letting things go differently. Like in rehearsals, like I might, it might be because of my example. It's like, I, speak in a certain way that some of you, for some people who have 
are working with me for the first time are not used to it. And sometimes people might find that offensive. So that's my vulnerability <laughs> of like, it's, it's, a, it's, you know, not as vulnerable as a crying, but, but it's my vulnerability of being honest because this is how I will talk. And if you do not like it, you are feel free, you're free to leave. <laughs> and, uh, and if you're okay with it, you're just going to become, you know, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to love you, but I'm still going to talk shit to you. <laughs> and I feel, I feel like, yeah, you know, it's being able to be honest with yourself in a sense. And that requires a lot of vulnerability because not everyone's going to like you for who you are. So. Um, yeah. I've been with companies where leaders are just stone cold. They wouldn't take a break to laugh for anything, you know, rather than just show us their true selves. So I I see it in a sense like that. You definitely just give us yourself. You are who you are and it helps the dancers connect even better. Yeah. And I feel like it, because that the people are unafraid, well, not unafraid, but like feel comfortable to talk shit to me in a sense, or Mm -hmm. even tell me their honest opinions because I feel like yeah. a lot of people in a leadership role, there ends up being a huge disconnect of like, they talk, they, the, the, made the employees, so to speak, talk and then the boss comes and they change. Mm-hmm. There's an open door policy. With yeah. You. So it's like, I think it's because part of it is I'm unapologetic in how I speak and what I do with you guys. And uh, me, I think part of it is not judging or saying any ideas are stupid because mm-hmm. even though i say it as a joke but i still like let them share their opinions and try to empathize with it try not to make them feel wrong even though it just make them feel stupid <laughs> terrible 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 all right so all right i've got some rapid fires next so we're going to be wrapping this up okay so let me let me check the chat so b-rock says you need to be you need a clear vision or you'll be stuck in a vision you're stupid b-rock <laughs> <laughs> Eddie, I appreciate you being on here. I feel that how that being flicked on. Okay, be right. That sucks. Oh, that would have been crazy. That would have been crazy if you joined. Uh, be rock. You might have known each other sooner. Okay, so rapid fire questions. Rapid fire. So you got to just spit your first first thought at us. Okay. Favorite color. Oh. Oh my god. <laughs> no. Is <laughs> not allowed? Don't do don't do that, people. Do Very bad. <laughs> Favorite color? Red. Favorite food? Pizza. Favorite dance icon? Dance icon? Michael Jackson. Happiest memory as a performer? Happiest memory as a performer? Fuck, there's a lot. It's a, <laughs> be, uh, coming back on the Universal stage and being consciously aware of my performance. Aww. Happiest memory as a teacher. As a teacher. Being able to compete and battle with one of my students. Oh, nice. Worst memory as a performer. When I blanked out, <laughs> when I blanked out front and center on the Urban Street Jam stage on my, on my own, very own choreography, I blanked out. Oh, ouch. Oh my gosh. Greatest accomplishment. Jordan. Yes, I do. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> Biggest disappointment. Letting you on the team. <laughs> <laughs> I 
kind words. Okay, okay. So biggest disappointment. For real, for real, for real, for real. Not standing up against toxic people when I was running family business. Damn. Okay. If you could tell one thing to your 16-year-old self, what would it be? You're going to change. Oh, and this is a similar one to what you asked me during my interview. If all of your memories of your career oh, and success yeah. wiped away, how would you explain your life to your grandchildren? How would I explain my life to my Okay, this is completely different from the question I asked you. <laughs> how would you explain your life, yourself, your legacy? To my, to my grandchildren, if everything, oh, shit. Because I feel like you don't care much about what other people think. I feel like your grandkids, you'd want to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fair point. Um, <laughs> if everything was wiped away and my, what would I want to tell my kids? Like the, in terms of... Um, your legacy, who you are, what you accomplished. What would I want to tell them about myself? That would help There's set them up. Nothing about your history. No way of knowing who you were, what you did. So this is where like my overthinker comes in, and and I like, <laughs> I I interpret things differently. Am I am I sharing their lessons, or am I talking about myself? I don't know. Mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you can see like they know I, nothing. So okay. So I, what I would shit. I, said, I guess I would tell them like about what, what I would say about myself is someone who, I guess, worked his butt off to pursue, you know, what he wanted to have, con- I guess, and to have control to do what he wanted. Because I definitely had to fight tooth and nail to get where I'm at now. And it wasn't easy. Uh, and the lessons would be, uh, be clear with what you want, but it's okay to change your mind. Very good. Uh, and uh, persevere, because that's how, because it's always going to be the long game. Mm, very good. And the last one, if you could leave just one piece of advice to the world, what would it be? Drugs. <laughs> one piece of advice for the world? What would it be? One. Be empathetic with yourself and persevere. Very good. 